And welcome everybody to the next episode of Perspectives with Jeremiah Stevenson. And today we have a friend of mine, Chris June. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. I'm awesome. so excited to be on. Chris is a singer, actor, a former radio personality. I just yeah. found this out. <laughs> uh, and a fellow creative. And uh, he just had some music release. I did. I yes. definitely What is the name of your song? My song is called Ghosted. Awesome. Um, it came out February 14th on Valentine's Day. Um, and I'm just really excited about it. Nice. Where yeah. can people find it? You can find it on Spotify, on Apple Music, um, YouTube. It's on all streaming platforms. So. Nice, nice. Uh, I wanted to have Chris up here. He actually like came up to me and was like, hey man, I want to be in the podcast. I was like, you're right. Because we've had several conversations yeah. that are really, I guess, higher conscious. Yeah. Thought process is kind of the best way to describe it. Yeah. And that's something that I really enjoy. Like We definitely have very genuine conversations. Yeah. Um, because... Because in this time that we live in, I feel like there's a lot of ingenuity. Almost and, definitely. Yeah. And for you and I to like just meet each other in one of our classes that we take, and then just to have that switch and that click and to go and that creative passion and the, the consciousness, just to be able to go into all that. Most I was definitely. like, hands down. I don't even know why I didn't even think to have you on. Like, that was yeah, awesome. And no. you talked about your music too, so I was like, I got to do this. Yeah. got to do this. Yeah. So, we're going to start off kind of with, what is your story? Let's start from the beginning. Like, who are you, Chris? My story. I'm originally from uh, Maryland, right outside of D.C., and uh, I grew up in Prince George's County, and I kind of had somewhat of a sheltered Upbringing, grew up a lot in church, uh, went to Christian camp a lot. I was always a very spiritual person um, for a long time. And I was always into like science and I was always very curious. I still have that same propensity for like curiosity and figuring things out. So for a while, you know, as I grew up and stuff, I considered the options that my mom put on the table as far as like degrees and employment that all kind of went after how much you're going to make and you know um, all those pragmatic things that people think about in a capitalistic society and after working some different jobs um, I would say around the time I started working as a swim coach I kind of got my imagination reignited and I got back into working, like, as far as, like, exercise-wise and um, got into physical therapy and started helping people in that way and started to realize that I really had a passion for serving people genuinely, like, to get them to a place that they felt better about themselves or just being able to really connect with them in a genuine way. I've never... I guess I've realized now that I've had this issue with like, and I guess we all do like connecting with people and it, you're not really connecting, yes. you know, like it's, it's just, very surface level. Yeah. It's very surface level. And it's just like, I appreciate getting straight to the punch. So in healthcare, like I worked for Georgetown university hospital and in their wound care department, I actually helped people who had lymphedema and wounds in their legs and they would be in treatment for like three or four hours. So I got a chance to really get to know them and talk to them for a while. And it was interesting because as I was helping them, they were helping me. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of biblical too, because it was like right before I took my leap of faith, I didn't realize that I was having a foot washing ceremony every day uh, at wow. work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to look yeah. at. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It That's was, cool. it was amazing. It was the most humbling job because I mean, it, you're dealing with wounds, you're dealing with all this stuff. So it would smell like it would be like kind of grueling work if you look at it that way. But I found it to be like so gratifying because like I just got to help people and talk to them and hear about their life stories and see why they made the decisions that they did. And once I realized the difference between people who had gone and done things in their life and the people who had stayed sheltered, I started to realize that maybe I don't have a good reason for why I'm not going after what I want to. Because mm. people project based on their level of consciousness and where they've been at, right. what decisions they've made in their life. Right. And you don't get to choose your parents. You know, my mom, she raised me great, but a lot of times she was just like, you know, this is what I think is best for you. Mm -hmm. And because we want to please our parents, we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. But since I've taken that leap of faith and moved to Atlanta and really gone after my dreams, like 
it's been, I've never been happier. I've been excited about every day and every moment. Because when they say greatness is in the details, like, it actually is. is, yeah. What is that, was there a time where, what kind of got you to that place where you're like, I hear you, mom, but like, was there some struggle in that? Was there some struggle in the, wherever she's always telling you to do some things and you're like, I, I can kind of see what you're saying, but like, this is where my heart's leading me. I don't feel like there was like a struggle between my mom and me. I think it was just, it was a struggle for me. It was a personal struggle mm-hmm. in between like, what was I doing this for? Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was not happy and that when I would go home, for instance, and I would go to my room, I would just sing for hours mm-hmm. and I would just have all this energy to do that. And then when I would go to work, since I got there, I'm like ready to go. Like, I don't want to be there <laughs> anymore. So it just, yeah. So it just, I was just at a point where I was attached to my relationships and friendships for validation and because of what I thought that that's what I needed and it wasn't until 20, I think 2016 when I had introduced my two best friends, one of five years, one of seven years, respectively, mm-hmm. to each other okay. that I guess they felt like they would be better off as friends. Oh, dang. <laughs> then, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, long story short, I lost both of my best friends at the same time to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because around that time I did like my first photo shoot and I was like in New York and I went to Dallas and then I was be gone and they wouldn't invite me anywhere anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how come you guys don't invite me? And they're like, well, we figured you were probably busy and all this like BS type stuff. So, (laughs) um, after that I had all this time that I had to figure out what to do with, Mm -hmm. um, and I had that kind of revenge type of like feeling where it was just like, I will show you, I will show you then. Yeah. So the time that I w- would have been speaking to them on the phone for three or four hours about somebody or something mm-hmm. that didn't serve anything, I was spending that like going over lines or mm-hmm. like doing a photo shoot or doing something creative. And, um, and then I got cast um, on a project called About Him mm-hmm. season two um, in Atlanta and I was flying back and forth. And I was being gone so much that I was just like, maybe I do have a chance. And once mm-hmm. I started to get around actors like Robin Givens and Rodney Perry and mm-hmm. them being on the same set and cast, like, and I saw how they were in person, I mm-hmm. was like, I feel like I exist naturally. Like, I don't know why I felt like that was such a big gap mm-hmm. before in my old life. And now I feel like I can, I can do this. Nice, nice. Um, so, yeah. When did you when did you make that official move to Atlanta? I made the official move in t- February 2017. Okay. And then how long had you been traveling back and forth before you got here? About 2 months. Okay. Oh, just 2 months. Yeah, it was 2 months, but it was like almost every week. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good amount of work. It was, and it was interesting cuz it was just like had I been at working any other job, like it would not have happened, mm-hmm. but because of the lady I was working under, she was she cared so much about her patients, like she cared about me too, and she would like pull strings. Shout out to Jennifer. <laughs> she would pull strings to to make sure that I could get off and mm-hmm. and go after because she saw how excited and how passionate I was, you know, about acting, and and it just it felt like my dreams were coming true. Nice. I'm gonna go back to that time a little bit with the friends, and then was that all kind of within? A shortened amount of time. Yeah, it was back to back. I want to, I want to dig into that just a little yeah, bit, just it. so I can everyone can hear. Well, like one of the things with the podcast, I always do this every episode with the podcast. I always want the struggles that people have gone through to be heard, mm-hmm. so that you can have an idea of. I may be going through something similar to this. It may not be the same thing, but how did this person? How did they build up from it? And how did they get out of whatever situation they were in? Or how did they build from it? So that they can take whatever necessary knowledge or whatever necessary actions that you took mm-hmm. and kind of mold it to whatever they have to do for their situation. Yeah. So with this whole podcast, it's in a way, it's the same thing as trying to help people in every single type of way, but just reaching more in a in a different venue, I guess. In yeah. A different atmosphere. Yeah. So 
Um, we're gonna go in the feelings a little bit. Like, cool. what was the what was that negative negativity about? How did that feel at the time? And what were kind of the thoughts that you had to combat to get to a place of why well, I feel free and what I enjoy doing? What was that like? Well, I was having a disconnect from what I had originally found interesting. Like, my best friend at the time, like, we used to always go to the club. We would go clubbing all the time. And then my other friend, like, he wanted to hear about what happened when we went to the club. So he kind of vicariously lived through that experience. Mm -hmm. And we just... um, I don't know. We 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 got to a point where, like, we went on a trip to Atlanta, and uh, they interview, huh? Off yeah, interview? yeah. This is where they first met. Oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like a cool story. Okay, so yeah. all of you guys came down to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. We came down for Atlanta Pride, mm-hmm. and um, it was. I thought it would be great for all of us to just come and hang together and stuff, yeah. and. It was just such an interesting experience because <laughs> um, immediately they hit it off and I was fine because I was just secure. You know, when you're secure, you're like, it doesn't bother you. But then, like, they wanted to go to the club and they wanted to go to the park and they wanted to go to the bar and they wanted to do this stuff. And for me, I had a different idea of what my vacation wanted to be. I wanted to go to the gym and I wanted to just, like, relax in the room and mm-hmm. I just wanted to just kind of just you know, be and stuff like that. I didn't want to just do things because that's what everybody else was doing. Right. And so then they would just tease me and be like, oh, you know, you just acting old. Why would we come all this way and mm-hmm. you don't want to go do this stuff? And I was like, y'all can go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> you, you fam? Yeah. So I can only kind of assume what they may have said because they were my best friends and I knew them respectively. Right. So I could kind of like dramatize in my head what the conversation probably was. They mm-hmm. probably were saying, I don't know why we came all this way. He all in the room. I like, forget him. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. And probably had to validate the decision that they made. But I know now that the decision that they were making and a lot of like, especially gay men, like um, when it comes to getting together with finally getting together with a bunch of other like gay guys or whatever, like you feel like this is your opportunity to meet somebody mm. And people don't want to, they have the FOMO. They don't want to miss out. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, they wanted to be out and, and, and just to be validated and to like hopefully meet somebody and just kind of just stand around and just kind of be a part of like whatever. And it's just <laughs> like, for me, I was just in a place of like, I don't necessarily need that. I know what that's about. Mm-hmm. You had kind of a sense of purpose, even on your vacation, like... Yeah, like, I just I just didn't need anyone to validate mm-hmm. who I was. It was, if anything, I wanted to enjoy them, mm-hmm. you know, and right. enjoy our time together. And I remember there was one time, uh, we were, it was out, we were out in, and, um, at the park, and it was hot, and, um, and I had my shirt off, um, <laughs> Okay, for those of you who haven't seen Chris, <laughs> say he had his shirt off. <laughs> Bruh, stack. Right. Like, I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> bruh, like, he works out like, bruh, stack. <laughs> Bro puts in the Thank work, you. like, all day, every day. Like, go I check try. out his Insta. Yeah. Bruh, he puts in the work. I'm going to tell you straight up, for real. As they say, I did a little push-ups, little sit-ups. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you had your shirt off. <laughs> right. I had my shirt off, and, um, like, my best friend, like, he had his, like, an open-cut shirt to the side or whatever so we're walking together and my other best friend noticed that he kept walking ahead of me and i'm trying to catch up and he kept walking ahead of me and kept looking and like trying to distance himself from me and so then my other best friend was like i think he don't want you to be around him so that he can like shine or whatever mm-hmm. And that just stood out to me mm. because it, i never saw myself as like and i still don't see myself as an intimidating type of person right and it just kind of confused me as to why that would be the response but i'm not a dumb person either and i just couldn't (laughs) figure out like okay all right i guess that's what it is but you know you don't address it Mm -hmm. but you get like kind of signals or whatever Mm -hmm. and um once we got back from the the trip they would still be talking on the phone without me and like 
And I was just like, wait a minute. Like, I introduced y'all. Like, why am I getting squeezed out of the picture? Yeah. And it wasn't until um, my best friend who lived in North Carolina. Because one of them lived in Virginia. The other one lived in North Carolina. When the one from North Carolina came up to the D.C. area to hang out with my best friend. Yeah. And didn't tell me. Yeah. I was, I got (laughs) hot. I went off and I don't ever go off. From what I knew, you're always very calm and collected, like calculated dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I went off and it was just like, it was like spitfire. Like literally it was like a journal. I just had to tell them about everything about themselves because Mm -hmm. You know, they were trying to pass it off like, well, we figured you were busy or like you could have got that information from him or the other. They're passing the blame and mm-hmm. stuff like your friends, both of us. So you could have. And I'm like, but why would you posture the strength of our relationship on, you know, on another guy that you just met? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Regardless if that's my best friend or not, like you're respectively my best friend. Yeah. And um, that argument just kind of like it just kind of destroyed our friendship um and at first it was it was one of the most difficult things i never cried so much because it was just like my whole like i was just ripped from like what was my go-to for like who to talk to who to confide in like who to like vent to like your whole everything just changed yeah everything just changed and it just was like i was at all yeah i was just by myself what did the process of healing from that look like? Did you heal from yeah. that? Are you still like in a process of healing from it? Or if you did, no, I'm, it... I'm good. <laughs> you say go back in that story. I was like, oh my goodness, like wow, I didn't realize. I, I just went back to that place. But that's me as an actor. Like if right, I yeah, go to that place, I exist truthfully. Yes. So what did that? What did the healing look like? How did that? When did you get to that? Because I've been going through a grief recovery process. Mm. And we've been talking a lot about you have to grieve. Right. I have a lot. I, if you saw some yeah. of them, I had the, the lost poster. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to take the time for that. Did you have that grief? Did you have a time where you were like, I'm going to go mull over everything. I'm going to grieve about it a little bit. Yeah. And then start that process of healing. What did that look like for you? Well, first, I was just really upset and kind of depressed and I couldn't honestly detail much of that. And I think that's probably because of how depressed I was. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just somewhere deep in my conscious that I can't access it. But I know that I was eating a lot and I gained like 15 pounds. And then um, I remember I would like check my best friend's Instagram, like see what he was doing and stuff like that. And I just... I just had this moment where I was just like, you know what? If I'm going to be by myself, then I'm just going to to just push. Mm-hmm. And and I just got up one day and I just remember I started adding the Stairmaster to my workout. And like I took all that energy and started to channel it into exercising. Exercising had always been something since I was like 24 that Mm -hmm. was a big thing for me but like around this time I had just lost it but then I was just like I just had this whole revenge body type like deal or whatever and I just was like I'll just drive it into working out and I just took all my frustration and I just I guess I felt like I had to even though they weren't there Mm -hmm. I was just saying like I'm gonna show you like I remember lifting weights and looking myself like looking in the mirror I would literally pump myself up Mm -hmm. because i was just like i will be better from this situation Mm -hmm. and i started after that i started getting cast in different web series and um people really liked me and like what i had to bring to the table and i started to feel good about myself and i'm still alone though but at least i was starting to create my own content and started to create my own characters and I was getting back into singing and stuff and I remember talking to an actor who I worked with on one of my early projects and I was like how do you deal with being alone because I feel like I'm by myself and he told me that you're going to meet people that you're going to connect with in ways that 
you weren't able to connect with those people before. Right. And, you know, a lot of times we can't see what we're going to gain for what we've lost. Mm -hmm. And it's been true. Like, I've met people and connected in ways that, I mean, have gone beyond like being black being 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 gay like when the the bible says your gift will make room for you in the world right is, before kings yeah yes. yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, i'm seeing that and i was just saying today um when you have the courage to act and to know that nothing is wrong with you mm-hmm. and you behave in that way like you make a difference then people start to consider maybe something's wrong with them. Yeah. And then you get to have the conversation, the catch up for diversity. And know? it's, uh, yeah, that just blew my mind in a second because it, 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 it just, there's a thing that that just reminded me of. Why are you going to hide your light when you have people following you? Because if mm-hmm. you have your light, you're showing the way to other people. Most definitely. And that goes in so many different ways. Like, yeah. that goes in so many different ways. And that's the thing, like, when you're a minority, too, like, peop- you feel like you're in a space of lack and you have to acquire things. Mm-hmm. And you're in a space of, like, what do I have to do? What do I have to gain? Mm-hmm. Versus who do I have to become? Mm-hmm. And people, real relationships are based off what you radiate, not mm-hmm. what you can acquire. Mm-hmm. And if you're always in a place of trying to be to be in a place of acquisition... You're always going to be looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. You're always going to have your hand out mm-hmm. waiting for someone to put something in it. Yeah. Instead of believing that you make a difference and that you matter. And just as much down to the things that you say. Mm-hmm. Whether you say something positive or negative. Whether you compliment somebody or you talk about somebody. Um, whether you do what you're supposed to do or you leave it for somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, all of those things, once you realize there's a sense of duty, um, then everything begins to change. Yeah. Let's take that and go into your creativity. Mm. How does, what, when did you, was there a time where you're like, I'm going to play around with creativity? Or were you mm. always just naturally a creative person? Was it something that you walked into? Mm. And with that, I feel like everything you just said can go into that mm. creativity, so... Hold on to your seatbelts, because you can tell my creativity, like, <laughs> I love talking about creativity. Creativity is something that is, is just a part of who I am. It is down to the to the cadence of which I try to articulate myself and the words that I use. Like, I'm fascinated with the patterns and frequencies that people have as far as conversation. And that I feel like that's the same attachment that you have between when you draw something out in the world and you put it down on paper, you go back and you check and you sketch and you hardline and confirm based mm-hmm. on what you see. And mm-hmm. a person can be a part of that as a conversation. They help to hardline the points that you create mm-hmm. or that they see and what you're trying to sketch the picture that you do. And collectively, that's why it's great when people have group conversations because they're all pushing each other towards an objective that's more lucrative. It's more out there. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all aspire to help each other in that way and we don't realize that ego makes us feel like we don't have the natural propensity to do right. those types of things yeah, yeah. Um, for me my first love creatively was drawing um, I would just draw with pencil but I could draw like really 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 good I could I would draw portraits and stuff like of people and um, I would just just take like a piece of paper and rip off a piece of it and like use it to smudge and, and everything. Like I didn't even have all the materials that I needed. And that's an epiphany to me right now because it's <laughs> like, you know, like when you just have it, you just have to know that, that you do. Um, and then when I got into high school, I met my best friend, Shanice in drama class. And it was just so interesting, this moment and how, how finite, uh, Details like and, and, or greatnesses in your life, but just moments that catalyst you into a whole new dimension can be. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in class. I'm sitting on the left side of the class, um, like a couple chairs back behind where she sits. And she turns around one day and she's like, "You know, you can sit closer if you want to." And everything. <laughs> fifteen friend, fifteen years 
into it. Like, we're still best friends. She's taught me how to sing. She's taught me how to love myself more. Like, she's just been that person who we could just let our imagination flow. I feel like that was improv. We, we did improv every time we got together, just making up jokes and just trying to see how long we could carry nice. that joke. Um, I didn't realize that singing was something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cause no one in my family on my mom's side sang, but yeah. on my dad's side, I found out later that I had a late uncle named Tony Fontaine okay. who sang, who actually his song, I'll find a girl was sampled on the games album. Um, what was a Gucci man? I don't listen, listen to rap. I don't either. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Did you tell me? It was on, uh, <laughs> Uh, Billboard Top 200, which my aunt is not happy about. But anyway, Why? Because they didn't, like, c- clear it with her. Ah, um, uh, okay. But the, the reason that song... I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> the reason that song... Um, the reason that song ended up on his album, back when I was in high school, and I found out that my uncle could sing, I gravitated towards his music. Mm-hmm. And I found his song, I Found a Girl, online... And I commented that this is my uncle, and somebody commented back like weeks later and was like, "Hey, I want to use this song for a beat, and I need to get the rights. Who do I need to contact?" So this was in college. This was almost ten years ago. Yeah. And I reached out to my aunt and told him, and I gave him the pertinent contact information, and now ten years later, that song is like on. Uh, Number one album from 2018. What? Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. All from me responding to one comment. Yeah. From me me saying something. And I keep trying to remind myself of those moments Mm -hmm. where you have the most opportunity that you will ever have in the moment that you have presently and right now. Everything. Go ahead, good. Now, let me finish that statement yeah. and I'll say something. Everything future wise is, you know, up for interpretation and it's not here yet. And I was, I don't know yeah. what I was listening to earlier today, but someone was talking to somebody else and the interview was asking them, they said, Paul Mooney. I was listening to somebody interview Paul Mooney and they asked him, Were you ahead of your time? And he's like, No. I'm here for my, t- like, my time yeah. is now. Like, I'm here for the reasons for why I'm here now. Like, it has mm. nothing to do with, like, I have yeah. a son that's, like, I have a son that's from the future. That's why it's so great. Or, yeah. like, I'm I'm not in my time. I hate when people are, like, oh, I'm not in my time. Or, like, <laughs> I'm ahead of the future. Like, no, right. you're here for where you're supposed to be. Oh, my gosh. To true. give so much life to whatever else needs to happen. Yeah. That is, that's such a pertinent thing. Like, understanding that. Understanding the value within yourself, yeah, to know that me as a human being and the creativity that I have can kickstart someone else's creativity to go into so many oh other things, gosh, yeah, like just knowing that it gives so much more value to yourself. That's the thing, like, you have to know the difference that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the power to when people say be a positive influence, mm-hmm. when you become an influencer, you're nothing but someone who has a positive influence. Who's done it consistently time and time and time again. And they've kept their disposition so long over time consistently that people have been able to pick them out as signature. Yes. Be able to identify that that's who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me of a time. Here's an example of like how influential you have the ability to be. Um, working at my job at a restaurant, one of my coworkers had to open by himself one time. Okay. And... Um, Normally, we have two people who open the restaurant. And so I knew when he said something to me, he was getting ready to complain. Mm -hmm. So I see him first thing in the morning. He's like, you know, I had to open up the restaurant by myself. And I was like, and you felt awesome, didn't you? (laughs) And he was like, well, I mean, I guess... I was like, that wasn't what you were thinking, was it? He was just like, well, not exactly. I said, well, when I open, I just grab everything that I need from the back of the restaurant and I just move methodically all the way towards the front. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, that's what I did. I just grabbed everything. I was like, boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And I walked away. You know what I'm saying? Like, he don't even know what happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I do. Yes. And I... 
I could have went in with him and I could have said, yeah, I don't know why they don't schedule people better. Like, mm-hmm. they, they need to do a better job about that. Or I could have just let let him just continue on that path and, mm-hmm. and work himself into a, a negative space or whatever. to reaffirm him and then get him in that mindset. He may not have stayed there, but it's like whenever we did... Um, it's not the yes and, but it's the word games. Yeah. Where it's it sparks that connecting that thought process to this certain subject matter or this exactly. certain thing. Exactly. It opens up the neurotransmitter, the neuro brain waves to accept this as a reality and a possibility. Exactly. And then from there, as you as long as you continue to water that plant, it'll grow into something bigger and bigger until you're reaching out to other people and just making things awesome. most definitely it's yeah. it's about being tuned into the moment so much that it's like to me like and it's like using playing a pinball machine like mm-hmm. when you're really focused you know the exact point in which you need to hit the flipper and yes the energy is going to bounce around in ways that you can't imagine mm-hmm. but once it comes back your way you have to be able to hit it at the most yeah. the right time with the right speed the right angle mm-hmm. so that it had so that it gets the, the desired effect yeah you're in control you of your you are only in control of those flippers you are in control of your current state of being and how that affects the rest of the surroundings yeah and it does yeah it really really does um and my work environment is a testament to that because i've been reading about manifestation and law of attraction for like the last eight months and i am excited because i've seen so much Mm -hmm. like i no, so much is going to happen. Just the the level of relationships and just nice. things that have changed. So let's go into reading because you're an avid reader. Yeah, and you've talked to me about several books. What are you currently reading at the moment? Is my I, first question. I'm reading Presence by Amy Cuddy. Okay, um, which is bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges, okay. and it talks a lot about our body language and how our body language dictates our mood and our relationships and um, how if we become more aware of our body, how that can help lead our thoughts and the actions that we want to take in our life. Hmm. Um, Which is interesting because I went to a comedy show not too long ago. I forget the guy he was on. Living in Living Color. Wait, what? Yeah. Who did you see from in Living? Wait, no, you gotta here. know who his name is. Cause like, what? I know, right? They're like, oh, he don't know who that is. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to know. Cause it was like, Living I think it was so Brandon dope. something. It was, I don't know. I don't know. I he was really funny. He could sing too. Okay. It was at Atlanta Theater, but it was interesting because when he was performing, he went into different characters. But what I noticed before he went into each character, he changed his body position first so like if he was talking about the the white guy with the rifle or whatever like he took his body position first Mm -hmm. and then he started speaking okay um or if he was talking about some ghetto black person like he started moving his body in that manner first Mm -hmm. before he started what he was going to say okay and it was interesting because I had started playing around with that, like, afterwards when I was doing, like, my scenes and stuff like that. And, like, figuring out what do I feel like my character's body position would be like in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And it helps to lead your words and, and lead the rest. Mm-hmm. So, it's a really, it's a really, really uh, great book because, especially in serving, which is my day job. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of reading. Of people's body language. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're speaking to a former server too. Yeah. Yes. So I, I will say before we continue, I think everyone at some point, especially younger people, mm-hmm. the younger you are, the better. You need to at least lifeguard so you know how to save somebody's life. Yeah. And you need to serve so you realize how shitty people are. Yeah. And how to deal <laughs> with the way you respond to those people. Oh my gosh. And I the know. way you respond in life threatening situations. Mm-hmm. Because those two jobs as a young person will, I think, I just believe, like, I've seen people grow in so many different ways just because of the jobs. Almost definitely. I see so many similarities from serving to being successful to being a great actor. I see... Because success is a process. Mm. And... Preaching. Dang. (laughs) It's a process. And and all you have to do is plug in variables... Mm. And let the process play out, and it will create the content of, of whatever you want it to create. Yeah. 
you know, um, for instance, the restaurant that I work at, you could give me, give me anything about, ask me anything about the restaurant and I could tell you something about life. Okay. Um, like literally do it. All right. I'm doing, all right. Uh, <laughs> it used to be a server too, so this should be interesting. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think the relationship with the servers between the cooks. Okay. The first one that I can think about is like from an acting perspective. Okay. When you are on set and you're an actor and you have all this camera equipment and you have all these uh, other players like cameramen and you have your sound people and you have the director and you have all this other stuff that's happening around you. Um, you have to be able to adapt when certain things don't exactly happen the way that you had intended them to. Now they want you to pick up the glass with the right hand instead of the left hand, but how do you do that in a genuine way without being compromised by Mm -hmm. things that you can't control? Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to disassociate yourself from the things that are happening around you and being more focused on what's happening inside of you Mm. it's something that chefs will challenge you with a lot because if you don't ring and stuff right or whatever the case is they're gonna throw you a whole lot of energy oh yeah because (laughs) you know they're trying to run this window Mm -hmm. but if you take that energy and then you go out and you try to perform your job it's going to read bad on the table it's the same way you may read bad on camera Mm -hmm. um and in the restaurant, it's not so much the things that are happening um, around you. It's about what can you control and 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 remaining focused on that. Because every day it's going to be chaos, especially at the restaurant I work at. It yeah. is extremely, extremely busy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep moving. This is good. You're going to have to come on again. Gee. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're gonna, I'm going to have you on again. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I think what I'll do is I'll get you and several other people. We'll do like a round table. Cool. Because that's an idea I've been playing with. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, let's move to Ghosted. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cool. Uh, you're single. Ghosted came yeah. out February 14th. Mm-hmm. What was the... What sparked the creation? What sparked the creation for Ghosted was... I was actually talking to this guy and he... Ghosted me. (laughs) Insane. (laughs) Yeah, it was... um, It was interesting because we were vibing and everything was going great. And it was just like, I was just... Like, literally, the words in the song are what happened. Like, you know, when I looked in your eyes, it revealed all I was concealing. Like, we were just sit there and look at it in each other's eyes and it was just like I don't do this but I guess <laughs> that's what we're feeling yeah, you know and then right yeah it was happening and then it just disappeared and it was just like okay and literally I was like calling like like the beginning of the, the song, song with the yeah. voicemails and just like um and it just kind of left me like really emotionally raw afterwards so mm-hmm. I just put on like some beats or whatever and I was just kind of vibing out I didn't don't know if I was like intending to write about the situation. Right. I think I was just turning to music because the same way it's interesting. Like me, and my best friend, when we get back up, sometimes we have to sing mm-hmm. because and people also are like y'all always singing. It's just like yeah, we have to have a different type of conversation. Yeah. And I feel like for me that was I was having a different type of conversation mm-hmm. with myself. Mm-hmm. And in about a matter of about two hours, um, I came up with the song "Ghosted." I was literally driving. Um, to go get some Chinese food, mm-hmm. and um, I just the song, the whole melody like came to That's me. Awesome. The chorus came to me, and then I was remember being in the carryout place and just listening back, and then on the way back trying to work it out more. And I got home and just went in the bathroom where the acoustics were, yeah. and just like just finished out the song. And I kind of knew that. It would be a great song, and mm-hmm. I knew that it would just like sound great. But I didn't. I just kind of kept it in my back pocket for a good few months. Yeah, and then I just would share it with my best friend. My best friend is always that that finisher. He's like, okay, so when am I going to hear this? Mm-hmm. And like, so what are you then, doing with it? yeah, Move yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. So I recorded it. So that was the next question because I listened to it before we started the podcast. I'm a terrible friend. 
because he did not tell me about it. Chris has been telling me about it. I listened to it yet. And I was like, I'm having a podcast. Got busy. Was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. We listened to it, and the production is A+. Plus. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Because yeah. one of the things as creatives I think we get into our head is... I have this huge idea, I don't know how to do it, or I, I know mm-hmm. it needs to look like this, or it needs to sound like this, but I have a struggle of, like, I don't know how to get all that stuff there, mm-hmm. and just because I know so many other creative people, I want them to be able to hear what your process was to get to that point to where you could get it finally produced. What did it look like? Oh, I'm having an epiphany right now. I'm starting to realize a oh. <laughs> I'm just starting to realize a lot of what is, what I'm creating is happening to me mm-hmm. and it's happening for me mm-hmm. and that's how I feel like I'm in flow because it's like I'm I done tripped up and I'm falling into writing or I'm tripped up and I'm falling into creating and yeah. the person uh his name is Choreology who uh produced the song um he was the first guest on my radio show okay and at the time like I, I loved the radio show but it just got to a point where it just got to be a little overwhelming mm-hmm. and I was afraid to walk away from it. I kind of wanted to ghost the radio station because I didn't know how to say it. Yeah. But I just was 100% honest. And I was just like, guys, I don't think I can do this right now. It's just too much going on. And I was afraid that I would burn that bridge. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing because it was just like, now, after I went back on the radio, they're going to put my song into rotation at that station plus another station. Yeah. And I was able to remember who... I knew I was going to record with him because he told me he recorded his song, mm-hmm. which was really, really great, great quality. And I just kept that in the back of my head. I was like, whenever I record music, I'm going to record with him because it sounds good and he's not going to break my pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. I have, a, uh, I have some friends that are in the process of recording their next album. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the lead guy of the band, he's literally recording it in his friend's house mm. downstairs in their basement. Yeah. But it sounds A+. plus. Like, he has yeah. been, over the last two or three years, mm. really getting into the engineering and the production yeah. behind the music. Yeah. And he's, oh my gosh, I want to I yeah. look you guys up because he's just okay, an awesome cool. person to talk to. Yeah. And he and I talk like this all the time. Yeah. So shout out yeah. to that guy. And I would say on that, like, whatever you do, um, do it fervently. Like, do it all the time tell everyone that you do it mm-hmm. every day talk mm-hmm. about it because the more that you put it out there you'll start to realize that you have so many resources at your disposal but if you keep trying to like leave this and get over here mm-hmm. um you're gonna miss out because it's right in front of you yeah that's awesome dude this is awesome this <laughs> yes, is great sir. let me see so we're gonna step back one more time again because i love i this is a free-flowing conversation somewhat yeah. i do have questions but the book club. I want to talk about that a little bit. You were telling me before we, before we started recording the podcast, you were telling me that you have kind of encouraged your coworkers to start a book club. What yeah. is that? What is that looking like? Wow, this is a really cool story. Um, I had got to a point where, like, after I moved to Atlanta and I was getting on all these different series and stuff, and I'm, I'm, I was just in every audition room trying to get something going and. Things weren't going, and the stuff I was getting, I guess I thought I wanted, but I realized that I didn't want, and the people were shysty and all this stuff, and I started to get burnt out, and I got to the point where I was depressed. Mm-hmm. But I was one of, the peop- one of those types of people who are depressed, and you can't tell. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize <laughs> that I was depressed until I looked around, and everything was just disarray, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't have any money. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just It'll like, I you. guess I have to get myself together, but... Um, I was talking to my best friend. He was like, what are you working on? What are you doing? And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. He was just like, who is this? He was like, what's motivating you? I was like, I don't know. He was like, well, I don't like this, Chris. And when he said that, I realized I don't like him either. (laughs) So I told him, I said, the next day, I I don't know what I should do. But I was just like, call me when you get up for work. Because I've been sleeping in so much. Mm. And um, the next day, he didn't call me. But I did wake up early. And I just think that's a very important point to all of this because I did it for myself. Mm. And no one made me do it. Mm -hmm. Even though I had asked him to do it, he forgot. And I woke up at 6 a.m. I walked to the grocery store, um, walked back, started breakfast. The next day, I got up and I ran to this. There's this park with this pier 
and it goes out to this pond. And I ran out there first thing in the morning with my with my headphones or whatever. And I it's kind of out, out of shape or whatever, but I just ran. And I sat down in the middle of a pier and I just watched like motivational video. And I watched the sun come up. And I did that every day for weeks. Mm-hmm. And every day was totally different. Some days there was fog. Some days it was drizzling. The water was rippling like the sky and the colors were different and every day just started to seem like so much more of a gift Mm. and i just sat there and i just kind of cried out and i heard like all these different speakers and stuff like that just telling me like you know that what if you you know reach your full potential and you know there's so much out there for you and don't give up and literally like i would be running home and i would say aloud like come on chris pick it up like pick it up chris i was pushing myself i was encouraging myself and at one time i said it and it sounded like my mom Hmm. because our voices are a little bit similar and I remember when I was on a swim team and she would say the same thing. Yeah. She'd be like, come on, Chris, pick it up. And it made me cry because I realized that who I am affects other people and mm-hmm. they want me to succeed too. Mm-hmm. And even when I can't do it for myself, that that I should do it for them. And so I started there listening like to those videos and to the point where I was just like, I'm going to start reading. And so then I like grabbed a book and then started reading. Uh, the first book I read actually was Power of the Actor. Okay. And it actually had some therapeutic value to it. Yeah. Um, and then I just went into like five other books. Nice. Um, and every experience, like positive experience that I was starting to have, when I, every time I went to work, I would start to share it. Because mm-hmm. the more that every time I got up at 6 o'clock, I was working on doing different things. I was accomplishing different things. I was working on my business cards. I was working on my headshots. I was working on, you know, getting in contact with my agency. I was working on, like, just doing everything that I needed to do. I was, I was getting more out of my day than I had been before. And Mm. just the time alone was enabling me to have so much more resources. Mm. And I was sharing that consistently and incessantly, like just over and over and over and over again at work. And it just got to the point where like my coworkers, like Megs and Drew, um, I would ask them because I would be so excited. I'd be like, what do you guys do? You know, like, what's your thing? And Megs was like, well, I used to act. I don't really do it anymore. Mm. But, you know, I was like, well, you should come, like, hang out with me. Or, like, you should come to the studio that I'm at or whatever. And she came to the career and coffee with me. And then nice. Drew got hired. And I saw he was this bright guy. And I was like, what do you do? Like, what's your thing? And he said he was acting. I was like, well, you should come to this event with me. And I had Megs to help me at this point yeah. to help influence him and brought him. And <laughs> yeah. the next thing you know, we're all there for the Life Goals course and stuff. Yeah. And people had noticed that I would bring my food to work every day consistently never forget my food and like I always make time and I would get there early I'm never late for work because I've had not had a job before and I've been um like hungry and stuff like that so it's just like I've had so much gratitude and so just being consistently positive over time and being consistently grateful over time people started to recognize me as such and then um, I would share the books that I'm reading, share this and that. And then when, at one point, I realized that seven people at work were reading the same book. I took tally <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> so I reached out to my boss and I was like, we should start a book club. And she was like, that would be awesome. So we picked the book that she was reading or she, she had just ordered and 23 people at my job signed up. Nice. So that's crazy. It's crazy, but now I'm taking like everyone's talents and because once you begin to have confidence that what God has for you is for you and nothing can threaten that, Mm -hmm. then it's not about like, I need to be the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm happy being the one to put it together so that everybody else gets to shine. Like, I tell people at work on our like 86 board to write a positive quote, like I started out writing them, but then I was like, okay. Hey, I need you for something. They're like, what? What do you need me for? I need you to write a positive quote for today. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I got you. And they yeah. got this. You know what I'm saying? And I just see this dream of like seeing people beyond their work shirts and just seeing them for, for people and with lives and their own dreams and aspirations and stuff. And just being a person of influence right where you are instead of like trying to hope that you get the platform and that you get there. It's yeah. about the differences that you make right, right where, where you, you are. are. Mm-hmm. 
And that's Absolutely. the catalyst to get you to that place. This makes me miss the service industry so much because <laughs> you're literally like a little family, and like yeah, I, yeah, you are. Like I appreciate like how much you've given to how much effort to the individuals yeah. and to the establishment that you work at to allow yourself to be used in such a positive way and to connect and affect so many people. Because if you have all twenty three people, in yeah, that motherfucker, like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then imagine if you had stopped the light within you, mm-hmm. you would have affected that many people. Right. And then think about the 23 people that you've just affected. Right. And every single person that comes into that business. I know. All of the people. Like, oh my gosh. I'm not, they, like now they're sending me different videos. They're sharing with me stuff. They've bought different books and stuff. And they're like, this is what I've been working on. One girl, she lost 30 pounds. Like another person's, uh, my, my boss says she, from the compound effect. She's started leaving notes for her nice. her wife every day or nice. girlfriend every day. So it's just like I see how much it's helping other people. And it's it's beautiful because it started with me just mm. taking care of myself. Mm. Because then you can give, you can give, the, as they say, you can give the world the best of you and not what's left of you. Yeah. Dang. You're coming <laughs> on again like, for sure. <laughs> what? This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start to wrap up a little bit. Cool, cool. But I have a question for you from okay. our previous guest. And for those of you wondering who our previous guest was, you should go listen to the last episode uh, and you'll know. <laughs> you actually know this person. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is because you already know mm-hmm. and like it's, I'm recording it. Uh, <laughs> the question for you, Mr. Chris June, is what is the last piece of media that moved you? The last piece of media that moved me... Artwork, video, video game, literally any type of media. Uh, The last one I can think of was this video. I can't remember who it was by, but it was about visualization. Um, It was like a 10-minute video. I have to figure out who said it Um, because I watched so many of those videos. But she was talking about how um, when you see it, like you truly have to see it in your mind and it will exist out there in the world. And when you take 30 seconds a day, like billionaires do this, they, they imagine themselves with that hundred thousand dollars. What will they be doing with the hundred thousand dollars? How are they going to feel? And your body's reticular part of the brain begins to recognize things that are going to help you get there Mm -hmm. to the same degree. Like when you buy a car, and all of a sudden, you start seeing that car everywhere, hmm. you know, um, and, and believing that you already have it. Yeah. It, it helps you to, to, to recognize it and to see it. I just had a realization. I think that speaks so much deeper to the phrase, it's the journey and not the destination. Almost definitely. Because if you create the destination within your mind and the just the power of the brain, I was talking to somebody else about yeah. the power of the brain recently, just... We do not know the the extensive ability that it has. But when you create that destination, and then if you're visualizing it, you're visualizing it, you're Mm -hmm. visualizing it, your body is going to naturally navigate towards it. So when people say it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. Just think, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's good to like a a, a cool, a really cool uh, uh, point to that. Mm -hmm. If you think about if you're in your house and someone is in your house and they don't know how to get somewhere and they're asking you, how do you get to the bathroom or how do you get something? The first thing that you do is you turn and you orient your body and then you hold your hand out Ah. and you say, when you go up the stairs, you're going to make a left. You're going to walk down. It's going to be a brown bookshelf. You're Mm going to look down underneath that. It's exactly what you have to do in your own life. Yeah. You have to align yourself Mm -hmm. with where you want to go and begin to see yourself going there and going there. And, um, but it all comes from the same point. And it's when we are able to orient ourselves like that, that's when people are like, okay, I'm going to follow you because it sounds like you know where you're going. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every time I have someone up here, it's like, I want to start another podcast. I want to start with you. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, let's see. What is your question for our next guest? Ooh, my question for the next guest is 
What do you think your legacy is? Ooh. Ooh. Spitting hot fire. <laughs> Spitting hot fire. <laughs> Dang. That's, ooh. Ah, I'm... Ooh, and I know the next guest, and that's awesome. Okay, I know cool. the next guest. That's Sweet. so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Cool, 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 cool. So, we're going to wrap up here. Chris, what do you want to plug? What do you want to plug? Anything that you're in, you're a part of, any projects that people will be able to see? <laughs> yes. I would say just follow my Instagram because I do so many different things, and it's just easier to just get you there and just get locked into the Christian experience because you'll find something that you may like, especially my song Ghosted, which is out now on all streaming platforms. Okay, um, plug it. Yes. <laughs> um, what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram is it's Chris June. So I-T-S-C-H-R-I-S-J-U-N-E. Awesome. Yes, sir. Nice. Uh, and I think that's it for today's episode. Is there anything you want to say before I plug my thing and head out? Like, I, I don't know. Is like, there anything you want to say to like, Anybody like people like is oh, I feel like there's something I should ask you. Yeah. I, I just you need to say something Most to, definitely. to whatever it is in your heart. Like I feel like I just mm-hmm. need to tell you to say something to somebody or uh, some group of people. Like say something. Yeah, I just want people to know that you matter. You make a difference, and just as much as you're looking for something and you want someone to to put you on, just have the confidence to put yourself on because you are the answer to somebody's problem. You know, you're just, you're a miracle waiting to happen. Mm. And someone is creating the rest of what you just need to do your little part to do. Once you do your little part, you plug into the rest of what somebody else does. You can't figure out how to finish the song. Well, someone's there waiting to produce your type of song. You can't figure out how to write the script. Well, someone's there to to work on getting better at, at putting together a script. So, like... Just know that just as much as like I'm trying to become somebody that you are the answer to somebody's problem. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's the end of this episode with Chris June. You can find me, Jeremiah Stevenson, on Instagram at P-A-R-K-O-U-R-G 33K, Parkour Geek. You can find me on YouTube at A Tokens Take. That is A-T-O-K-E-N apostrophe S T A K K E. I always end up messing it up like right there. I'm always like, this is this. <laughs> Um, like I said in the last episode, you can find me on Facebook, but I'm not going to add you because I don't know you. This is real. It's big facts. Um, but continue to be love, be life, be, enjoy yourself, and stick around for the next episode. Deuces. It was all going good till you left me alone in my feelings. When I looked in your eyes, it revealed all I was concealing. Understand my mind, cause you understand my heart. What drew you to me? Yeah, drifted us apart. Oh, where, where did I lose you? I suggested